Hi there, this is Eliza Williams, editor of Creative Review. I'm here to introduce you to the new episode of the CR podcast. This time I've travelled to Amsterdam to interview the photographer Sophie Abrard about the best and worst moments in her creative career. Sophie was born in France and spent some time in London in advertising before beginning her career as a photographer about 10 years ago. In this interview, she talks about everything from shooting porn stars to the effect that motherhood has had on her career. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the show, Sophie. Thank you. So, as you know, we have this construct on the podcast that it's about the sort of best and worst moments of your career. And I think possibly to start, it might be good if you just do a tiny bit of scene setting about your career to date, because you're obviously a photographer, an artist, but you began as an ads creative, I think, is that right? Uh, I was actually an account manager. Oh, ah, the yeah. other side. <laughs> the other side. <laughs> so when when did you sort of make the jump into photography? So in 2010, I, um, which is almost 10 years ago, um, yeah. yeah, I decided that I had enough of being an account manager and I think I had a burnout, which led me to start photography and I thought, let's try for six months. See how it goes, and if it doesn't work out, I can always go back and be an account manager or director. Um, and um, yeah, and very very quickly, I think I was it was amazing. I uh, started to build a career, and I started to shoot for uh, great brands, and I got an agent in London and in New York, and um, yeah, and okay. that was it. So in terms great. of best and worst, that would that was a very successful start, presumably. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I'm so grateful and really lucky to be where I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it felt good at the time, did it? Because that's like, it's quite. I always feel like when it's been successful, it's easy to sort of look back and go, "Ah, oh, it was all amazingly straightforward." But was it was it frightening to make that initial jump away from well, account management? I think I think it was just necessary. I just needed to do that. I literally had that burnout that made that I needed to do something for myself that I really loved yeah and I think you know I've realized that when you do something with passion and love you know you just you will a enjoy it and then you will make it work and um and I feel that it's it's really exactly the same as for all my series I was thinking about you theme before I saw you and I was thinking that all the series where I was like yeah I'll just do it uh, because I think it's either cool or nice or it's a theme that is in the air but when you don't do something with passion, it ends up being something that is actually mm, yeah. just not that, you know, a little bit okay, but not great. And every time I actually, you know, shot things where I put deep, all my deep feelings in there and I, I was really happy to shoot and maybe I was just shooting it for myself and not for anyone else to see, then it ended up being the most successful, successful pictures or series of images. It's yeah. interesting. So that must have been a bit of a learning process of how to bring that feeling into commercial projects as well? Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, completely. So also from the start, I, um, you know, I had nothing to lose. So in a way, I just, I had savings for like six months. So I thought, let's just do it. And, um, and, um, and so I, I really wanted to, to do it like properly and, and just give all my heart into it. So I, I made sure I was agreeing on the commissions that would be good for me. You know, I didn't take everything and I still don't take everything. Mm. Um, you know, when I take a project, is I do it like 150%, so it has to be really good. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, applying to it. So, you know, I, I really give all my heart to it and usually um, that shows in the pictures. Yeah, very much so. So if you're thinking of, let's bring in this theme of the best and worst. So what have been... 
Are there, are there moments that have been, you're, you're quite famous for an earlier body of work, which was around the porn industry. Can you talk a bit about that and whether that was a really, was I feel like that was a really positive thing at the time for you. Do you still feel that looking back? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, Actually, I think it might be, be my favourite body of work. I really loved it. And it's interesting for this as well, because um, I started shooting it because it was just, um, it, it just happened. I, um, I happened to be at... Um, a swingers party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like the happen to be here. <laughs> because I um, I wanted to find candidates for a series that was involved nudity. So I thought, I don't know anyone. I can't ask my friends. Yeah. Um, so let's go to a swingers party. I went with my ex-agent to the swingers party. And as he was fate, I met Gazman, the porn director. And, um, and we got along and he said, oh, why don't you come on a porn set and just shoot pictures? And, um, and I thought, oh, I don't really know. And, and also I thought that this, this was a theme that had been done before. Yeah. So I was wondering what I could bring to the picture. And, um, but then it was interesting and it was fun. So I just went and... It uh, really intriguing. Right? And really so, intriguing. And yeah. nobody's got access to this um, industry. So, you know, it was amazing to be there. And um, and I was really surprised when I went there because it was really the opposite of what I thought a porn set could be. You know, I I met um, people who were really um, friendly and and there was I found humanity and I found also that people were doing it with love. Mm. And um, so that's where the title is. It's just love, you know, because it was the opposite of all the the, the things that I had heard about porn porn sets. And um, and so I carried on doing the series, even though people were mostly saying oh I don't know it's been done before but I just loved it you know it's, it goes back to the first theme I just was interested in in being in that industry understanding the industry and and then the pictures I thought were amazing so every time I would go back when they had a shoot I would go and and shoot with them mm. and so I did this exhibition in 2015 um, yeah. Um, and yeah it was really successful and and the, the images were published all over the world Yes. I mean, it's such a, I think people are very intrigued by the, I guess, the reality of a porn set. But then, of course, your pictures, and most of your work, I would say this is true of, but, you know, especially in, in those that series as well, it felt that you brought this real sense of beauty and of um, elegance to what is often seen as obviously a very sleazy CD. or sort of, yeah, sleazy yeah. Uh, and that's a characteristic of your work then, yeah definitely yeah, yeah, yeah I always I always try wherever I am I always try to find beauty um in I think it's just my eye that does it um, yeah so so yeah there is definitely some beauty humanity and love to those pictures yeah and also some nice kind of everyday moments because there's one of somebody ironing or something isn't yeah there in the, yeah <laughs> naked again, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly which again you sort of don't Imagine, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, you imagine a big production with lots of people, but actually, is is one of the actors ironing his shirt half naked, well, naked actually. Yeah. Um, so it's it's funny. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's lots of there's humor. humor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And also, all the pictures um, tell a story. I'm I'm really interested in in that. I think it's it's it comes back from being in advertising. You know, it's one picture tells a story. That's why you're you're used to in ads. And um and I think you can say that with most of my images, you know, it always tells a story. Either it's fun or it's interesting or it's you know, there's always something more. There's always more emotions. Yeah, I would totally agree. And so then maybe talk a little bit about uh, without me leading you so much into things like what have been sort of maybe the more challenging moments that you've had in the almost 10 years of, of photographing um, I think um, 
you know, it's an industry where you you constantly have to be um, looking for making better work and good work, and and um, well, it can be tricky at times, and and because um, um, you you often pro the, the, obviously the porn project was your own. You, yes. you sort of yeah, set yeah, that yeah. up. So yes. do, do you do that quite a lot to find these? Yeah, so also I think it's it's soul searching. You have to, if you shoot commercially, only shoot commercially, I think you lose your soul a little bit. And I think you lose who you are as a person and as a photographer. You know, you always have to go back to what I, why you like shooting and what you enjoy doing. And um, and so that's why I always try to shoot as much as possible personal series and things that are close to my heart. Yeah. And um, so, it, you know, the, the It's Just Love project was amazing, but it's it's also, it was also almost a curse because the first project, first exhibition was really successful. Okay. So for the second exhibition, there was a little bit of, oof, um, <laughs> is it going to be as well received? Um, and um, and so but we can talk about the second exhibition. Um, so yes, so this is very recently. So, so very recently, I shot a body of work called I Didn't Want to Be a Mum. And again, it was really, it started as I was quite frustrated because I couldn't really leave my house too much because I just had a second child mm -hmm. and um, she was not sleeping very well and I was not shooting commercially. Um, and so, yeah, so I was, I was mostly in Amsterdam. And, um, and so I started shooting a body of work in my backyard. And, um, and so there was only half an hour a day where the light was amazing and, you know, Amsterdam okay. is quite rainy. Because just to set the scene, the, the images that have come from this are very, um, they're not sort of realistic, are they? they? They have a kind of, it's set on a very dark background and they have close-ups of your daughter and also your son. Yeah. Bodies and yes. it's, they're sort of fleshy. Yes, yes. And it's self-portraits. Um, so I'm also in the pictures. And um, okay. yeah, so it's, it's a big departure from my previous work. Um, and it's, it's really, um, again, it's, it's something that I just, you know, I, I wanted to record her. I wanted to have um, memories of her as a baby. And, um, and it started out really as trying to kind of understand um, who she was as a person. And so I, I um, yeah, I was shooting pictures of her, of her skin, of her flesh. Mm. Um, and it's, in a way, it's quite similar to It's Just Love in the, the, the pictures, uh, the, the skin, the tone of the skins. It's very, you know, for It's Just Love, I spent a lot of time retouching the the skin and understanding exactly what color it was going to be and so for this is also got kind of like a, a, a painting like uh, more like a renaissance painting yeah um and so uh, very Rembrandt in the kind of light for here um and um um yeah so um and so talk a little bit more about because it's when you presented it you presented it as part of unseen yes. in Amsterdam and and it was an installation as much as an exhibition of photographs. Yes, yeah, so so the exhibition is a multi-sensory experience um, that explains the ambivalence around motherhood. Mm. So it's a really intimate story about um, how I felt in um, in the transition into motherhood. And so there's uh, pictures, the sound, uh, there's smell. We've even bottled the smell of a baby. Okay. Um, How did you do that? Oh, I worked with a scent engineer, <laughs> and uh, the brief was really clear. It was I'm on the top of the head of a baby. You know, yeah. it's it's such an intoxicating smell, um, scent. You know, you you just want to always smell it. Um, yeah. And um and yeah, it was it's amazing. It's a it's it's a smell that you just want to yeah you have close to you and uh, you want to go back to. And um, <coughs> so um, there's also uh, pictures of, intimate pictures of um, my birth, of Louison's birth, the last birth. Mm -hmm. There's sound of a woman giving birth. 
So it was an entire experience. It was not just pictures. Um, yeah. And so uh, people would go through and um, and come back at the other end quite um, emotional. Yeah. And it has your very personal story about your feelings about motherhood, which I feel in terms of what we're talking about today, it feels very related because you, you talk about how you initially felt it was when you had your first child, that it was curbing your career or curbing your opportunities? Yeah, I was really, well, I was really scared when when Rizon, uh, when Jules was born because um, I didn't know how it was going to affect my career. You know, I was just three years into becoming, a, being a photographer mm. and it was the, you know, the very start of me starting to travel all over the world and shooting great campaigns and, um, and I was not really sure how it would, you know, how it would be seen to be a mother. And I think I fought against its uncool image at the time. You know, I, I didn't really want to be seen as a mother. I had just been shooting on porn sets. How could yeah. I push around <laughs> a pram? I also felt sadness. Um, I mourned my old personality. I mourned my old me. Um, mm. And I was kind of left in a space where I didn't really know who I was. And so this is actually uh, something that is called matrescence. It's, it's been called by anthropologists. Uh, matrescence is basically the transition into motherhood. Yeah. So we talk a lot about adolescence, which has the same terminology, but matrescence is really this this transition and you're you're not born a mother. When a, a baby is born, a mother is also born. Yeah. And um and so it takes years um uh, to um make this transition and to become a mum. And so what I explain in the exhibition is that for me it took five years to become a mum and to make that transition and it's a normal transition. And, um, and it was really interesting uh, because, as you said, you know, it's a very intimate story. I explain all this. I explain that I was lost, that um, society mandates that it should be the most joyful moment of your life. And it should be natural that you and immediately should, exactly. embrace it. Yeah. And, um, and so when you don't feel this, well, actually, you know, you feel all the joy and the, and the, and the love for your, for your son and daughter, but... If you don't feel those emotions, then, you know, you can feel that you're an outcast or that you're the only person in the world feeling that. And I de definitely felt really lonely about this mm. um, and I, because I really thought I was the only person in the world experiencing this. And, um, and so, so I explained all this and, and it was interesting how um, before the exhibition, I thought that this, this theme was going to appeal to a, a few women who were going to pat me on the shoulder and say, yes, I feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, but actually, we had to buy tissues in the middle of the week um, of the exhibition because every single person was crying yeah. or felt emotional or, you know, really felt exactly the same way and um, and I realized actually that every single person in the world every single mom will experience this there will be a transition there has to be a transition you can't be from your you know yourself to your mother yeah. um, and so um, so if if people knew about this I think you know they they would feel less lonely so so it's actually quite interesting because um, I'm coming from being, being just a photographer, um, taking pictures, and to being more having more of a social environment yeah. now. Um, you know, I'm like the voice of mothers. Uh. Yeah, because there's also in Creative Review, we also published a piece that you'd written about, um, which is, I mean, that's the, the very emotional side that you're talking about there, your very personal story. But that you've been doing a few practical things as well, where you were, you wrote a piece about the fact that. Uh, because of your need to breastfeed, you'd lost a job 
exactly. with an ad agency. Yes. So you've been doing a little bit of activism, I guess, as well on behalf of, of yeah. parents. Yeah, it's true, but it, it's it's true actually. Yeah, it's, it it seems that it's, I didn't want to be a mum, and the breastfeeding article was actually um, the is is related. Um, I think I didn't do it on purpose. I felt that it was just a need for me to do it, um, and. Um, but um, the breastfeeding article was really well received. Um, really, people, so many people talked about it. Yeah. And what was amazing about this is that um, so so the story is that I lost a job because I said that I wanted to breastfeed my daughter for fifteen minutes at lunchtime, and then the producer suddenly said, "Oh, I think it's going to be complicated." Mm. And so um, is that word complicated was the word. <laughs> and um, and so we we didn't get the job in the end, and um, and I was really furious because I really wanted to do the job. Uh, but also because it, it was not the very first time that it had happened. And um, and I thought that, you know, in a society where, you know, we're praising that women should uh, work again and we ha- we should help women, it's uh, especially in ad agencies, mm. um, it's, you know, I felt the complete opposite. And um, and also, I um, if you're if you're a mum who's just starting and who's, who's experiencing all these feelings that we talked about in the exhibition, and then she comes across these problems, maybe she will it will stop her from just working again or you know it's, yeah. it's I felt like I, I had the need to do it because now I'm you know I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop breastfeeding very soon so I don't it's not really for me that I did it but I did it mostly for other women or yeah. or even my kids in the future yeah and there was an analogy in the piece where uh, you made the point that if people want a cigarette break that would be roughly sort of you know, around that amount of time yeah. and that you know that's never seen as being complicated in any way and um, it's yeah, it's a, it's because it's at the heart of that piece. I think there was a, the bigger questions of mothers returning to work. How you, how much of a feeling that you have to hide your circumstances. I think. I mean, I think that's something that whether it's whether you breastfeed or not. I think there's a sense in which you have to almost pretend completely not to be a parent. And, and I think possibly men also. I mean, I think this is very intensely felt by women. But I think possibly men also feel as that they can't say. I have to pick up my son from nursery, I have to, you know, my child is sick, that there's also this sense that you have to not be a full, your full human self at work, which feels very strange to me as a uh, concept. It's completely, yeah, you completely have to hide it, yeah. yeah. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah, but then the, the specificity of breastfeeding, I think, is very much that people hide it, which uh-huh. is, yeah... So it was good. It was good. A good rallying cry. No, Hopefully, and, something might change. No, but I think it really, it really changed. I've heard that mother did a talk after this um, around how we can help women to uh, photographers to um, to be more present on the scene, and um, and I think also, you know, the, I think this piece is amazing because it now gives a um, gives some things to the producers, to the agency, to say, hey, actually, we can't do that. So, yeah. So you know, and. Um, to think about it. To think about it. So any in any other jobs uh, where someone wants to breastfeed and someone and a client maybe has questions or you know an insurance company has questions and say oh maybe we can't have a breastfeeding child on set. Yeah. Well then there's this article and say oops I don't think we can do that. Um, so I think it, it is it does really it made a difference. So thank you very much. Mm. Well you know thanks for writing it. But in, so going back to the exhibition how. How has it felt? Because it feels such a personal development. I mean, do you feel that you'd like to do more of that kind of work or is this more circumstantial that you were in that situation and you, you've sort of made art from it? Um, I think it's just love and I didn't want to be a mum have definitely the same DNA. It's um, when, I make, when I make exhibitions, it's more about 
it's it's more more than pictures. Yeah. Um, no, I like I like having a say. I, I like the um, I really like the the outcome of this. And um, yeah, maybe my next project will also be about um, a theme. Who knows? Yeah. See yeah. what happens. See what happens. Yeah. yeah. And then talk a bit about the commercial work because you've shot some really. I mean, shot very many big famous names, but also you've made. Commercial projects where I feel very much that sort of DNA that you're talking about there is present in some of the projects that you've done as well. I mean, how how do you approach... Is, is it an entirely different experience if you're shooting a commercial project, say, with Roger Federer or...? Yeah, it's, it is. It is and it, it isn't. I think, um, I think the, 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 what I always try to remember is who I am as a photographer. And it's, it's really easy to... You know, you get a job and everyone is really excited and you get briefed by the, by the agency and they're like, oh, yeah, we really want to make this amazing campaign. And, and, and the sentiment is, is always there. Uh, but then further down the line, the client doesn't want blue, and uh, yeah. you know there's always the these changes and the details, and then you end up having something that is, mm, you know, you you thought it was going to be great at the beginning, but then you have to compromise. Yeah. And so you know what I really feel is, and I think the reason why I'm I'm really lucky to have known advertising before, um, is that I can also put that on the side. And then, you know, once I've made all the compromise, think about, okay, what was the bigger picture? What, what did we think about at the very beginning? Yeah. And then really try to find it inside of me, to, you know, what what is that the sentiment that we wanted? So what I try to do on shoots is always um, shoot pictures for myself. Yeah. And and there's a good... Um, uh, and usually clients really love those images. Yeah. So it's quite funny. So you're almost doing these on the side of the other Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I shoot whatever people want and then um, and then I will just shoot for myself for like 10 minutes. Um, of course, you know, when we have time or even just one, one odd frame um, sometimes. Yeah. And it's, <clears throat> it's really interesting how... Um, because I shoot it for myself, so I really shoot it from deep within, and uh, and usually these are the best pictures. Yeah, that's which what makes I try sense, to do. right? It does make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah because the, if they hired you, they hired you for something. They hired you from your, you know, the feelings that you yeah, you come across when you see the images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's being. Is there a confidence thing of finding the time to do that within a shoot? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to. I think yeah, that's um, that's something that is really difficult to do. Yeah, you have to always remember it, and and because now it's time is precious. You know, you always you have to shoot so many images in a day before you you shot twenty years ago. You shot just one image per day. Yeah, you had so much time. Um, today you have to shoot up to ten images a day, twelve images. Yes, yeah. and yeah. um and so yeah, you always have to remember. I think um, if you remember that, if you remember. Um, and you make time for it, um, then that works. But it's it's not always easy, of course. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think it's it yeah it would require. I was just thinking of your new photographer side. It's interesting you saying about the background and advertising giving you that sense of the bigger picture actually which must be enormously helpful actually yeah I think if you're if you're a starting out photographer it can be really uh scary to suddenly have be in a conference with the client and the producer and you know there's now there's like 50 people in the room uh, making decisions and um and so I think it can be really scary and then you can maybe lose yourself in there um and I think you know I'm I'm actually quite uh, proud that the the pictures that I've got in my commission work and personal work feel really the same way. Mm. Sometimes we struggle to know where to put them, you know. Um, is it in personal work? Is it in commission work? You know, because they, they have this, they really have the same feelings. Yeah. Um, and it's not often, you know, sometimes you see photographers who have a great body of work, but commercially 
I think that's the reason, you know, they just um, they just get sucked into those details and then don't make the work that they should be doing. Yeah, so it feels like two separate portfolios sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so no, it's interesting. In ter- I mean, in terms of that as a... I feel like what you hear a lot from commissioners is that they are looking in those personal projects for the ideas, though. So there's, a, you know, it feels like where you've got to, where it, you can't necessarily separate them, feels like the the kind of holy grail to some extent, even though it may not feel that way to you. But uh, <laughs> but that feels like that's that it means you have a holistic body of work, doesn't it? It's true. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. So I wanted to go back a bit to the um, most recent exhibition and just. I guess looking back on it, because as part of it, you talk about this feeling of concern that your life would have been shut down by motherhood and so on. And now you've done this period of reflection. I mean, do you feel that's true? Have there been opportunities that you feel you've missed because of having children? Or what's the feeling now that you've, you're several years on, both with children and work? Like, how, how do you reflect on that now? Um, well, I think I would not have done, I didn't want to be a mum if I didn't have Two kids. Yeah. <laughs> so naturally. They, naturally. So um, I might have done more porn sets. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, no, I mean, it's, uh, um, you know, of course, my best work is my two kids. So, you know, it's, ref- you know, reflecting on that. I'm, I'm really happy that I did that. But um, um, I don't know. I think... Um, I think what what it means when you're a parent is that you really have to concentrate on the things that you love, and so all the the rest just fades away, and then um, um, you just uh, do whatever you think is the best. Yeah. So maybe not actually. Maybe I just concentrated on more on on what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yes. You were saying before we started this that there was a t- a moment where you were offered a job very soon after your second child was born. Yeah, so so maybe yeah, maybe I didn't have this opportunity. So um, I was four weeks postpartum, with, and um, I got offered to shoot um, James Cameron, Alejandro Iñárritu, Martin Scorsese, and Catherine Bigelow. <laughs> and, the big wigs of Hollywood. <laughs> and I and I did say no um, because yeah. I um, I felt I was too tired um, to do it, and I couldn't see myself flying uh, with a baby all yeah. the way to LA and New York. Um, and so the agency came back probably four times. Um, because the date had changed and they were like, are you sure you don't want to do it? Are you sure? Yeah. Are you not mad? And uh, me on the other line crying, no, no, I can't do it. Um, yeah, it just felt, for this time, I, I think it, it did feel that I was missing a huge opportunity to meet all these incredible talents. Um, but um, yeah, there might be others. And then um, I have reason. Yeah, well, exactly. And there's a, a level where, going back to what you just said of, you wouldn't have been able to do it. You, you know, it would have been a decision that was a compromised decision, wouldn't it? Because you knew it wasn't the right time. Yeah, so no, completely. Even though they're famous people, yeah, you may, you know, you wouldn't have been able to be that. No, even if it's thing. a one lifetime opportunity to meet these amazing people, yeah, um, yeah they're still just, just people. <laughs> they're just still just people. But yeah, no, I think, um, uh, yeah. So, so I, I just. I think I just worked with the constraints, but sometimes you actually, you know, when you can do everything you want, maybe you just get a bit sidetracked, you know, when you have like this, this time frame and the constraints that you have, um, then you just, you may be more creative. Yeah. Um, so, so I didn't want to be a mum again, was shot in my backyard. And uh, previous to that, I also did a, a series of pictures called The Island. 
And um, I shot it all within 500 meters of my house um, because also, again, um, I was quite stuck and I couldn't really travel to L.A. and to all these places. Yeah. And so um, I decided I really wanted to shoot it. It was just in me. I really wanted to do that. And um, But it was amazing because I met all these <clears throat> incredible creative people and um, I shot around my house and... Yeah, that was really interesting to do that. Also, yeah, yeah. Helmut Newton used to shoot within five hundred meters of his house. Well, okay. he, he was in Monaco and at the Chateau Marmont, which is quite <laughs> exotic. Yeah, um, it's not as exotic in Amsterdam, but still, um, I like the constraint. Yeah, no constraints and boundaries always seem to produce something good. What, whether it be a child or it be a deadline, sometimes or you know whatever, there's something that comes True. from being limited that actually seems to to push something forward, interestingly. Very good. Well, maybe that's a good note to finish on. Uh, we constraints of time. <laughs> Thank you very much for doing Thank this, Sophie. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. And you can read more about Sophie's work on the Creative Review website at creativereview.co.uk. Thanks. Thanks.